You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Merry Christmas! What is this? Welcome to Neverland. Ho, 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 ho! Come in and know me better, man! Ho, ho! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Before we get started, I just want to make a quick announcement that this Thursday at 6 p.m. Central on the Neverland Podcast YouTube channel, you can witness a live recording of the 2017 Year in Review featuring, of course, myself, Lost Boy Eric. We're looking to have Mortis from the Neverland Pod, or the Disney Indiana Podcast, sorry. And, of course, uh, Tim from Saturday Morning Rewind. Uh, potentially some other people might show up, but uh, that is who we're expecting. It'll be all on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get all of our webcams set up we'll record the whole thing live right there the 2017 year in review so make sure you come by to disney and beyond a visit from saint nicholas by clement clark moore Twas the night before christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring not even a mouse the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, and tore open the shutters and threw open the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wandering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than Ingalls, his coursers they came, and he whistled and he shouted and he called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. And as that leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up the housetop the coursers they flew, and with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on my roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. And as I drew in my head and was turning around, well, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. And a bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose was like a cherry. His troll little mouth was drawn up in a bow, and, and the beard of his chin was as wide as the snow. <laughs> the stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke encircled his head <laughs> like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly, and it shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, <laughs> a right jolly old elf, <laughs> and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head, <laughs> soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. 
and he spoke not a word, but it went straight to his work. And it filled all the stockings, and then turned with a jerk, and laying a finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, and to his team gave a whistle, and away they flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. Music by Kevin McLeod, used under Creative Commons license. This is your Neverland Story Time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of Mickey's Christmas Carol. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. One snowy winter day inside mighty Ebenezer Scrooge's counting house, a cold and weary Bob Cratchit looked up from his ledgers. Mr. Scrooge, uh, tomorrow is Christmas, and I was wondering if I could have half a day off. Well, mm, I suppose so, but I'll dock you half a day's pay. Scrooge flipped through his account book gleefully. <laughs> ah, money, money, money. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door. It was Scrooge's cheery nephew, Fred. Merry Christmas, Uncle Scrooge. Ah, humbug. Tis a work day, you know. Ah, oh, come on. I've come to invite you to Christmas dinner. Oh, I, uh, I suppose you're going to have a plump goose with chestnut dressing. Yes. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yes. With roast squab and pickled raisins? Yes, yes, when you come. You daft man, you know I can't eat that stuff. Out, out, out! Bob Cratchit spoke up timidly. But, sir, Master Fred has brought us a Christmas wreath. May I hang it on our door? You do, and I'll hang one on you. Fred handed his uncle the gift. But Scrooge jammed the wreath down over his nephew's head. And a bar humbug to you. It was clear Ebenezer Scrooge was not fond of Christmas. Once again, Scrooge returned to his ledger mumbling about money. When there was another knock at the door, two men stood shivering from the cold. Sir, we are soliciting funds for the uh, indigent and destitute. For the what? We're collecting for the poor. Scrooge smiled, jiggling the coins in his pocket. Oh, well, you realize if you give money to the poor, then they won't be poor anymore, will they? And if they're not poor anymore, then you won't have to raise money for them anymore. Well, I suppose... And if you don't have to raise money for them anymore, then you would be put out of a job. Please, gentlemen, don't ask me to put you out of a job. Not on Christmas Eve. Oh, we wouldn't do that, Mr. Scrooge. All right, both of you. Out, out, out! Scrooge chased the man out into the snow and slammed the door. What's the world coming to, Cratchit? You work all your life to get money, and people want you to give it away. After closing time... Scrooge walked through the crowded streets, taking no notice of the merry people rushing home to their loved ones. When he arrived at his gloomy house, the door knocker took on the face of his late partner, 
Jacob Marley. Scrooge touched the knocker. Scrooge stumbled back. No, that can't be. Door knockers don't speak. It's simply a fragment of my imagination. It's a fignation of my fadgem. Horrified, Scrooge rushed upstairs to his bedroom, bolting the door behind him. But the ghost of Jacob Marley passed right through the door, dragging his heavy chains. A cold chill ran through Scrooge's body. His teeth began to chatter. His knees began to knock. His eyes popped. Marley blinked. Now that you finished the number, I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> uh, tonight, you will be visited by three spirits. A ghost. Listen to them, do what they say, or your chains will be heavier than mine. Then Marley quietly left. <laughs> Scrooge tossed and turned fearfully in his sleep. Suddenly, he awoke. There, perched atop the nightstand, was a tiny figure. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Come on, Scrooge. It's time to go. The bedroom window opened magically. I'm not going out there. I'll fall. Just hold on. We're going to visit your past. And with that, the two flew out over the darkened city. They stopped outside a familiar window. Scrooge saw a vision of himself as a young man, dancing at a party. That's me! The spirit nodded. Yes, that was before you became a miserable miser, consumed by greed. There's lovely Isabel. Oh, I remember how much I was in love with her. With the snap of his fingers, the ghost of Christmas past brought them to Scrooge's old counting house. Young Scrooge was busy fiddling with his books as Isabel meekly approached his desk. 9,972. 9, Ebenezer, for years I've had this honeymoon cottage, Ebenezer. I've been waiting for you to keep your promise to marry me. Now I must know, have you made your decision? I have. Your last payment on the cottage was seven minutes late. I'm foreclosing the mortgage. Scrooge could no longer bear these memories. Please, spirit, take me home. Remember, Scrooge, you loved your gold more than that precious creature, and you lost her forever. You fashioned these memories yourself, 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 yourself. In a flash, Scrooge was back in his cold bed. He had just convinced himself that the whole thing was nothing but a nightmare when a huge shadow fell across the bed revealing a giant of a man. I am the spirit of Christmas present. Uh, I have filled the room with all of the good things that you withheld from your fellow man. Uh, look! Scrooge's beady eyes glistened as all manner of exotic food spilled out of a horn of plenty. Suckling pigs, fruitcakes, mince pies, and a prune danish to go. But when Scrooge reached for a corned beef on rye, the giant stopped him. We have no time for that now. Uh, we have a long way to travel and we must fly. Take hold of my robe. Uh, not back there, uh, unless you want to fly tourist.
In an instant, they were at the window of Bob Cratchit's humble cottage. Scrooge watched as the family gathered around the dinner table. Happy, tiny Tim Cratchit leaned on his little crutch and watched his father serve a scrawny holiday turkey. Scrooge scratched his head. What is Cratchit doing? Carving a canary? What would you expect with the meagre wage you bestow upon him? Uh, two shillings a day? The house was filled with joy as Bob began dinner. Let's not forget the man who made this glorious feast possible, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. What do you say, Tiny Tim? I say thank you, Mr. Scrooge, and God bless us, everyone. Ebenezer turned to the spirit, but the giant had disappeared. In his place stood the ghost of Christmas future, shrouded in black robes. The scene changed, and the Cratchit cottage now looked sad and dreary. As Scrooge looked into the future, he saw that the chair on Bob's left was empty. Tiny Tim was gone. Scrooge shuddered. Spirit of the future, what does this mean? No, no, I didn't want this to be. I wanted Tiny Tim to get well. That sweet darling boy. The spirit turned his back on Scrooge, and with the broad sweep of his robe, he delivered Ebenezer to a wind-swept cemetery. The ghost pointed towards two gravediggers who were engaged in their ghoulish occupation. One of the gravediggers tossed a last shovelful of dirt. That does it. Tamp it down tight, Charlie. You know, Harold, I never saw a funeral like this one. Right. There was nobody about. No mourners, no friends, no one to shed a tear or bid him farewell. Scrooge stepped closer. Spirit, whose lonely grave is this? Why, yours, Ebenezer. The richest man in the cemetery. <laughs> Scrooge slipped and stumbled into the grave. No, I don't want my life to end this way. I want another chance. Spirit, I'll change my ways. I'll change. I'll change. Suddenly, Scrooge woke up. I'm back in my own bed. It must be. It is. It's Christmas morning. Yes, I can be a new man. I will honor Christmas in my heart and keep it all the year. He flung open the window and shouted into the street with joy. Merry Christmas, everybody! What a glorious Christmas morning! By chance, Scrooge noticed the two men who had been collecting for the poor. He dug into his bag of coins. Well, bless me. Good morning, gentlemen. I've something for you. Here you are. One hundred gold pieces, and not a penny more! Not a penny more! <laughs> the two could hardly believe their eyes. Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge, and a Merry Christmas to you! The Cratchit family was astonished to see Mr. Scrooge at the door of their cottage. His arms were laden with gifts and a plump turkey. <laughs> yes, it's Mr. Scrooge. And I've brought Christmas presents for you and all the children. Ooh. Bob Cratchit was almost speechless. What? 
Mr. Scrooge, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? Why, only yesterday you told me Christmas was a time for giving. Well, now I'll tell you what Christmas is. There's a time that once a year, men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and celebrate the joy of the season. Scrooge had learned a lesson that he would never forget. Let it be said that no one will ever keep Christmas as well as Ebenezer Scrooge. supposed to be my song. Huh? Look, Melvin, I'm the deer. I got the red nose, so I get to sing. Ain't we gone through all this before? Well, I don't see why he always gets to oh, sing. Hold the phone there, boys. Where's your Christmas spirit? No, sorry, folks. <coughs> Gomer, let's show them how it's done. Ain't he a sight for sore eyes? Well, he sounds better than he looks, that's for sure. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yup, soon the bells will start. And the thing that'll make them ring is the carol that you sang right within your heart. <laughs> Howdy, folks, and welcome to this special Christmas celebration at the good old Country Bear Jamboree. The snow softly falling, the stockings are hung, and coming from the kitchen, there's the sweet smell of turkey and yam-yam. Mm -hmm. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that'll be on your own front door. Ladies and gents, the five barrels. When the snow begins to falling and your blood begins to freeze, it's time to stomp and holler and slap your hairy knees. So hand me down my banjo, uh -huh. I think I'm gonna sing. Ooh. The time for sitting idols in the summer or the spring. <laughs> We're making tracks in the snow, everything is frozen. No more hibernating, boys, we're up on our feet. Just making tracks in the snow, keeping warm and cozy. Shivering and shaking to that good old country Cold, dark winter night When the windows are a-rattling And the stars are shining bright I feed up on my dog My arm around my wife They may be old and toothless But I've had them all my life <laughs> We're making tracks in the snow And everything is rosy No more hibernating, boys We're up on our feet Just making tracks in the snow Keeping warm and cozy Shivering and shaking too Christmas, I said to my mate, I'm a going hunting and I might be home late. The next day of Christmas seems I lost my way. 
And I ain't seen my cabin since dawn yesterday. Oh, what a Christmas. I'm lonely and lost. And I'm shaking and sneezing and covered with frost. I fell in the river and lost all my food. food. Don't sing me no carols, cause I ain't in the mood. Next year at Christmas, I think I'll use my head and spend the 12 days of Christmas in my bed. You be careful with that squirrel gun now, Wendell. Oh, heck. It ain't even loaded. Sorry. Rufus, I need a little light down here. Thanks, Rufus. And now, here's a little gal who's sure to break the ice at any skating party. Our own Trixie. Oh, the lake's all frozen over. Got my skates and I'm ready to go. But I'm waiting for my honey. Cause I can't skate if he don't show. Sing it down. But he's in his cave just snoring. I hear you in there, baby. And don't think I don't. I know you do. While my broken heart's just freezing. You look cold, too. Yeah, real cold. I got those hibernating blues. Yes, you do. Those hibernating blues. Those low-down blues. Real low-down. Without my furry baby, springtime better come real soon. Here it comes. Of cow. If you come out and skate with me, I will be real nice. All right. But baby, if you stay inside, I'll be cold as ice. I got those aggravating, keep me waiting, hibernating blues. Oh, yeah. Lovely, lovely. That was mighty pretty there, Trixie. Why, thank you, Henry. Oh, Henry, how'd you like to come on over and try out this here mistletoe? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I... Come on, um, Henry, uh, where's your Christmas spirit? Yeah, what's the matter? Got cold feet? Well, gee, Trixie... Uh... Put your flyers, fellas. Deck the halls with bows of holly. La, 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 la. He didn't sneeze. Jesus of the wind and weather. La 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 la
I'll be dropping down your chimney Cause I know you've been extra good I'll be rock and roll Santa, baby You rock and roll Santa Baby, that's me Oh, Better put on your pretty red dress, dog You're going cruising with me You better take out those curls And a few people inject your sleigh We can fly across the rooftops To my North Pole Highway On your rock and roll Santa You rock and roll Santa Oh baby that's me I'm the fat guy with the presents I'm gonna shake your Christmas tree Oh baby that's me
Soon's I can find a pen, I'll be there. I sure am looking forward to the new year. Yep, ain't nothing like a brand new year to lift your spirits. Of course, I could be wrong. Another new year would be quite a hard. Or it lays in the car Another new year And I'm lonely and low Since you stole my heart And my truck and my dog not his truck. <laughs> Sammy, help me out here. Sure thing, Henry. Now you folks join right in if you can mind to. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we're no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let it snow! <laughs> Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, yeah, you would it That's my tune, Melvin. Oh, yeah, says who? Are we starting this again? Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is listening. Beautiful sight, we're happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow, we can build a snowman and pretend that he's a circus clown. Lots of fun with Mr. Snowman. Until the other kid is knocking down. Winter clothes. And it's thrilling. Though you're no. He's a chillin'. They will rock and play. The Eskimo play. Walking in a winter wonderland. Everybody. Walking in a winter wonderland. Hand in hand. Walking in a winter wonderland. Sorry. Walking hey, in Ruth. a winter Ruth. wonderland. How about some light? Oh. Walking in a winter wonderland. 
Walking in a window. Huh? Over here. <laughs> well, folks, I guess that about does it for our show. Now bundle up, stay warm, and come back and see us real soon. Happy holidays, y'all. a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams, for the story that you are about to be told began with the holiday worlds of old. I know you're curious to see what's inside. It's what happens when two holidays collide. Welcome, my friends, to our Christmas delight. Come witness a ghoulishly glorious sight. It's time for our holiday tale to begin. There's no turning back now. Please, come all the way in. Our holiday tale is a tale that's quite charming. But during this season... It's sometimes alarming. So relax and reflect. Feel free to take pause while we tell you a tale about dear Sandy Claus. Twas the nightmare before Christmas and all through the house. Not a creature was peaceful, not even a mouse. The stockings, all hung by the chimney with care, when opened that morning, would cause such a scare. The children, nestled all snug in their beds, would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. <laughs> Holidays, Now hurry along, 
as they say, look alive. This is one holiday you will want to survive. <laughs> Jack Skellington came here from Halloween Town. You'll notice his handiwork scattered around. This year he's decided to play Sandy Claus. But when Halloween creates Christmas, you might see a few flaws. will take you away. Sit back, rest in peace in your black Christmas sleigh. <laughs> your sleigh will accommodate one or two more. We hope you're prepared for what Jack has in store. Don't pull down the bar. It will float down with ease. And remember, no flash photography. Please. Yes, down through the chimney, Jack flew like a bat, clutching his magical Sandy Claus sack. He ripped open the sack and, in moments it seems, created a Christmas you have in bad dreams. More rapid than vultures, the mansion was changed. All was soon covered, adorned and deranged. And what to your wondering eyes disappears is Jack's little friend Zero, the ghost dog reindeer. Nothing here was forgotten. It all looks so pleasant. A coffin, Jack says, makes a fine Christmas present. <laughs> a man-eating plant makes a wonderful wreath, as long as you don't get caught in its teeth. Jack's holiday vision was unlike no other. So ring out the bells. There's more cheer to uncover. On the 13th day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me 13 rings of power, embracing strength that never ends. 12 signs of the zodiac that rule the future and transcend. Eleven candles floating, their scent of mystery in the air. Ten telling tea leaves that 
world with secrets yet to share. On the ninth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me nine magic crystals that sparkle with a force that is pure. Eight balls of knowledge that answer with a truth that is sure. Seven pearls of wisdom to keep my love bewitched to me. Six mystic mirrors reflecting futures yet to be. On the fifth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me five lucky charms to understand the right from wrong. Four wheels of fortune to spin their rich and golden song. Three lifelines extending help to those in need. Two passion potions that love and romance may succeed. On the first day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me a star. A brilliant star for my fortune card tree. With some treats and some games, you can make a scene merry. Why, even a gingerbread house could seem scary. All at once, happy haunts did materialize, like a nightmarish painting by Courier and Ives. his magic both outside and in. But one final touch made his bony face grin. Now what better gift on my friends to bestow 
than a graveyard that's covered in ghostly white snow. It's Christmas! Have you been good this year? Ho, ho, ho! What's this? Can you believe your eyes? I like this Christmas thing. See, Zero? I told you they would like my Christmas. Fruitcake, anyone? Oh, oh, oh! I really outdid myself this time. Look at all the happy faces. Season greetings, everyone.
As Jack sprang to his sleigh, three hitchhikers he spied. They said, Sandy Claus, may we please have a ride? But Jack waved goodbye, for he could not stay. He had much to deliver before Christmas Day. May Jack's ghostly presence now follow you home and stay in your heart where'er you may roam. For now you know what happens when holidays meet. You might get a trick or a holiday treat. <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all! Thank you, Sandy Claus, for bringing your cheer. Please hurry back. We can't wait till next year. And I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight. This world will not forget my Christmas night. Hurry back. <laughs> hurry back. Be sure to bring your Sandy Claus sack. I'll be waiting to open my Christmas present. Hurry back. Hurry back. A scary Christmas wish you. Scary Christmas The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. And while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph... Son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring forth a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up, and he did exactly what God's angels commanded in the dream. He married Mary. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby, and he had named the baby Jesus. About that time, Caesar Augustus had ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. And this was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there, and so he went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the hostel. And there were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angels said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. 
a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheepherders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. So they left, running, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheepherders were impressed. And Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheepherders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. Over 600 years before any of these events take place, the prophet Isaiah had written, Who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. On him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gave himself as an offering for sin, so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones. As he himself carries the burden of their sins, therefore I'll reward him extravagantly. The best of everything, the highest honors, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest, he took on his own shoulders the sin of the many, and he took up the cause of all the black sheep. And that, my friends, is why we celebrate Christmas time. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. 
And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast.